sponsored by Brilliant. So people who may not be familiar with you, you actually started at Apple with OS X. And it's true that you stayed there roughly until uh, Steve Jobs found out that you were working from Ireland. Uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much exactly what happened, uh, except I stayed one year later than that because everybody just agreed to tell Steve that I had moved over to California when in fact I hadn't. The last time Apple introduced widgets for iOS, it was in the Today View, and you famously immediately went out and shoved an entire calculator into them. Uh, which went perfectly, and there was no complications at all with that. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, technically, I think Apple uh, just didn't anticipate that anybody would be able to do that, you know, not, not really understanding, not having the maximum respect for the kind of skill set that you were bringing to bear on this. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a brief uh, conversation, shall we say, <laughs> with AppReview and uh, PCalc, the, the uh, Today widget, uh, could live on. And uh, it's lived on for six years, and surely nothing could happen now. <laughs> so the reason I'm talking to you right now, though, is that Apple introduced a whole new type of widgets this year at WWDC. They took the complications from the Apple Watch and using the might and mystery that is SwiftUI have propagated them across all of their platforms for good uh, because, you know, they are way better looking. They're way more informationally dense. They're way more glanceable, but also maybe a little bit for ill because they're way less interactive. And I was hoping that maybe you could walk us through what you see as the major differences first. As you say, they're kind of, they're a lot more similar to watch OS complications than they are to the old widgets. And the old widgets um, were indeed mini apps. And as everyone was very uh, keen to point out in the sessions, uh, these widgets are not mini apps. Did you feel attacked? And Did you feel attacked or seen? <laughs> I don't know which one. I mean, like, I, I don't think Apple makes any decisions really thinking about me personally. <laughs> um, I did take it slightly personally, but I, I realized that that is not aimed at me. I'm just like collateral damage <laughs> uh, alongside. Um, so I, it, it's the way that they work uh, is that they are basically, if you can think of them as pictures for the most part, like is a static image that uh, can be updated over time, like a complication and can have uh, in certainly the larger forms of them, they can have some interactivity. Like when you tap on one, you can open a URL, which will open your app. And you can deep link into various parts of your app. So say you have, you know, like uh, you're listing, like the music one has like a list of the most recently listened to albums. Yeah. And if you tap on the particular one, it could take you to that album. But it, what it can't do is it can't do anything in place. So you yeah. can't have a button, which when you click on it, some state is changed and then the, the widget updates, you know, it'll always open up the app. And what that discounts, uh, is uh, any form of calculator yeah. because you're not allowed to basically have buttons that just do something. And the reason for that, I think, is quite a sensible one uh, in that these things are built for uh, energy efficiency and performance yeah. above uh, interactivity. So you can have them like right there when you pick up your phone and you look at the, the phone, like the, the comment about, you know, you, people pick up their phone and look at it 90 times a day or something. 
and those little widget areas will be on display and you might not want to be spinning up a little process in the background uh, every time you pick up your phone. And I can understand and I can respect that as a as a design decision for these things. Um, I think it's going to rule out a number of widgets that people have liked. Yeah. Not just Peacock. Peacock, I think, is the extreme example because it's a fully interactive little app. Um, but there are some other things where you might want to, like, um, check off items in a to-do list. Set multiple or you timers. Set timers, those kind of things where light interactivity would have been nice yeah. that you could do something without bouncing out to your main app. But, you know, I think they decided that the trade-offs were just... Uh, it was too dangerous to open that door even just an inch because they knew people like me would be in there in a second. <laughs> so um, for the interactivity that there that there is, there's small, medium, and large complications. And on the medium and large ones, I think you can have multiple deep links. So for example, yeah. if it's a small complication and you tap it, it'll just take you to your stocks. But if it's a large complication that shows you several stocks, tapping each of those stocks could take you to the page for that stock. Yeah, so what you what you do is you basically set uh, a URL which will cover the whole widget and only in the medium and large ones you can use these uh, link objects in Swift UI and you can assign a specific URL for each of the different ones. And that, you know, that gives you most of the functionality you would need to like open up a specific note or go to a specific album or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting because I've had this long philosophical debate about the home screen. Apple's always treated it not as a destination, but as a portal. And they just never really wanted you hanging around there. They wanted you to use it to go into and out of apps. And widgets have always lived off in widget space in the today view, which you had to swipe in and out. And there you could sort of do your thing. You could do your calculator. You could do your to-dos. But now that they're on the home screen, they're sort of living more under that philosophy where you can look at them, but if you want to interact with something, you're being teleported straight back into an app. I mean, that that is certainly one argument. That One thing that kind of is a flaw in that is up to now, you could pin your widgets on an iPad home screen and they were yes. there all the time. You had a brief year of, of joy with that. <laughs> yes. Um, and I mean, it also looks like the existing uh, widgets are probably going to live on for maybe a year or something. Like the, the underlying APIs all have big signs on them saying, you know, uh, don't use these anymore. So maybe there'll be another year of them and maybe they will think about sort of interactivity as something that they can, if they could do it like in iOS 15 or something like that, it would be nice. So that was going to be my next question to you because we've seen several times that Apple is willing to tear things down completely and then rebuild them back up, even if the building process takes time. Like, you know, Final Cut Pro, the iWork apps, the iWork apps specifically, they tore down the old uh, you know, Mac versions, rebuilt them off the iOS engine. They were missing a bunch of features. And over time, they've been adding those back. So do you think it's possible, you know, and any, obviously anything is possible, but do you hope it's possible that Apple tore down the old widget structure to bring over everything they liked about complications and that over time, now that they have this new core, they'll rebuild some of the layers that we enjoyed on the, on the more functional uh, iOS and macOS widgets? 
the way that the, the that they are done as complications effectively and you have these timelines and you sort of the idea is if say you're a calendar app you can sort of work out what your widget is going to look like throughout the whole day and just dump all that information uh, into the widget architecture and then you know it'll sort of update gradually as the day goes um and then i mean you can also you can you can in your app you can uh update the timeline and say, oh, something's changed, yeah. like somebody's added a new event, so we can go back and we can regenerate these things. But the the philosophy behind them is very much the sort of do as little work as possible. And I'm not sure how they, they could get from that point to the point of, say, a calculator. Um, <laughs> you know, every, everything is possible, yeah, and maybe they could introduce a sort of... Uh, a slightly different way of doing it or or something um it, if i had to take bets on it i would say they won't so you mentioned uh, how the the widgets update and i think that's something that people aren't entirely clear of my understanding is it works off a timeline and they will update periodically to reflect more current information so if it's a calendar for example it'll show it'll update to show you what your next event is but if you have something in the series uh, in the smart stack uh, I keep calling it series smart stack but I think they just call it smart stack and an event is coming up they can set a priority as well saying hey I'm super important I'm more important than other things and then depending on how high they make that priority the sort of the things in the smart stack can fight for what's going to be shown to you next or what's going to be on top of the stack? Yeah, I think the the um, uh, example they gave for that was like your stocks might be more important while the stock market is open. So, you know, there's no point showing them after hours. So you yeah. could decrease the priority on those. Or, you know, if you know you have an event coming up at a certain time, maybe you, you would hire, you know, raise the priority for that thing it'll be interesting to see you know like if everybody just says my thing is the most important thing you know uh what will the the smart stack do at that point fighting for stack dominance i mean there's other there's some strange things with the widgets like currently you can't mix them in with the ipad home screen which to me makes less sense when i asked apple about it their their answer was that they were the ipad was a fundamentally different experience especially now they've given us ipad os but I always get the feeling that any development work is constrained by money and time. And Apple is not that constrained by by money, but boy, are they still constrained by time. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, given like what the conditions that all of this stuff have been made in for the last, you know, three yeah. or four months, like everybody working from home or whatever, I think it's amazing the amount of stuff that we did get out of this WWDC. And, you know, if, if there are a few rough edges or things that don't look quite finished yet, I that's not a surprise, really. So no spoilers, of course, but do you already have an idea in mind for what you're going to do with PCALC widgets? Because these are meant to be a sort of more glanceable display of information, though, I think there's a class of apps that it's not really going to work as well for, but there are some that it's going to work very well for. Um, and, you know, that that's just the, you know, the, the, the hand of uh, Craig Federici on your shoulder guiding you uh, in the direction that Apple wishes you to go. So the one thing that I've liked a lot so far is the series suggestion ones, because when you drop those in, they become indistinguishable from your normal home screen apps. And over time, over the last few years, Apple's gotten really good in actually predicting the kind of apps that I want to use next. And I've got mm. two of them on my main home screen now, uh, which is I, I thought would be weird because I'm very much about 
spatial awareness and object permanency and I want my apps where I want them, but I could just never fit enough apps. And then the folders were two taps and that's just a tap too much. Two taps is a tap mm-hmm. too much. And now I've got two row, uh, four rows of series suggestions and it does take me a second to spot the icon that I want at any given time, but it's almost always right there. And that to me has been transformational in a way I didn't expect it would when I just heard that Apple was updating widgets. Yeah, I, I mean, I think... That's interesting. I think there's other stuff where I think people will will innovate around the edges and figure out things that they can do. And, you know, I think there's going to be some little holes where I can launch a URL. You know, what does that let me do? Yeah. You know, it might, you know, is there a, I mean, I think probably you could run a shortcut from just that. You know, you could run a shortcut just by opening a a URL and that wouldn't launch your app. So is that a way to do something interesting? I mean, the fact that the same code runs uh, between iOS and Mac is also nice because that means you can, you have got one less uh, completely different way of doing things to target. Um, And that's certainly something I'm looking at going forward. It reduces a lot of friction in doing stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, stuff like that, I think is good. Powering all of this, everything that sci-fi calls artificial intelligence, AI is really machine learning. And to learn more about that, check out Brilliant's new neural networks course. Here's an example from something that we're just going to keep seeing more and more of. You can wire up just 50 neurons and using that type of feedback, build a network that's capable of classifying handwritten digits, but really recognizing and classifying almost everything eventually. Whether you're a student looking to get ahead while school's out, a professional who wants to brush up on cutting edge topics, or someone who just wants to understand, maybe even be part of how all this technology is changing the world, check out Brilliant. Go to brilliant.org slash and sign up for free. And the first 200 of you can also level up with 20% off the annual premium subscription. 